Sri so good evening, everyone. Welcome, Victoria. Nice to see you. So we're speaking from Srimad Bhagavatam, and we are discussing the section of the text in which Brahma, having had the darshan of Bhagavan Sri Krishna, asks some questions. And these questions give rise to Krishna's answers. And these uh, answers constitute the uh, what's called the Chatur Shloki, or the four uh, verses of the Bhagavatam that um, the whole text is encapsulated within. And um, this is these verses are part of what uh, arguably makes the Bhagavatam a uh, a primary text from the point of view of some in various traditions of Vedanta that texts said to be directly spoken by Bhagavan known as Shruti, that which is heard, take precedence over the Smriti, that which is reflect that those reflections upon that which is heard which reiterates them of course uh Jiva Goswami makes a good argument that the reiteration of those uh, texts that are heard arguably uh, explain and make more readily accessible that which is heard and therefore they are to be given uh, prominence and particularly amongst them Srimad Bhagavatam, when it's looked at as a smriti, as a text of reflection upon the revelation of the Upanishads. The Upanishads are named after different persons in whom the revelation uh, came prominently. Um, <clears throat> and so from the point of view of it being a smriti text, or a text which is smriti literally means remembered as opposed to heard, so remembering that which is heard and reiterating it. Therefore, you find in the Puranas various stories and his, histories and kind of histories based on a true story, kind of narratives and so forth. The Puranas are sped, said to speak like a friend, whereas the Upanishads and the Vedas are uh, spoken like a father. Like a father says, do this, don't do that, don't ask why, just do this, don't do that. Hmm. Uh, whereas a friend uh, speaks to us differently in an effort to convey um, a point or give advice. If a friend is despondent, uh, another friend may sit down and tell a story of his own experience or something like that and, and give opportunity to, to play out the feeling and so forth and... Uh, address it in that manner, um, hearing hearing him out and so forth. The Shruti doesn't give any room <laughs> room for that. And then there are other texts, of course, that the Kavya, the, the, the um, 
the Ras Shastras, uh, uh, and, and they speak like a lover, which means that they their speech is um, is uh, I want to say um, veiled and full of uh, implications and whatnot. That one without a uh, sympathetic heart, sarudayam, cannot uh, understand, just like lovers have a language uh, in which they speak with one another that others cannot fully enter into. What a wife may call her husband, a particular name would not necessarily be one that she would use to address him in public hmm? or something like that. Uh, so a private kind of, and with uh, uh, um, much uh, hidden meaning. So, um, uh, the, the argument here that I'm making in brief for the Bhagavatam as a primary text, as it is seen and understood by our tradition, um, is that it can be seen as a shruti, if you want to argue on the side that is more takes precedent because here it is spoken in its origin, if you will, directly from Sri Krishna to Brahma, and then it's passed down to Narada and to Vyas and so on in a succession. So as it's passed down in succession, of course, it its length increases. It's reiterated, it's spoken in different ways, and we come down to the uh, the recording of the event of Sutta Goswami speaking to the sages, which constitutes his reiteration of what he heard when Sukadev spoke to the king, Parikshit, when Sutta Goswami was present. And, and, um, and of course, we're introduced to the fact that Sukadev learned it from Vyas and all the reasons behind that, and as significant as they are, he, Sukadev, being self-realized, what was the need for him to take the, to the study of any book? and take the, uh, all the trouble that that I- involves, which speaks something about the nature of the text, Itambhuta Gunohari, is of the nature, the topics of the book, such that self-realized souls who have no interest in anything become interested in it. Hmm? So it must be of the nature of consciousness rather than the nature of matter. It must not be a thing at all, so to speak. And so Sugadev learned from Vyas, and as I say, Vyas from Nard, Nard from Brahma, Brahma from Krishna, so it can be seen as a Shruti text, and it, in a couple of places in the text, it identifies itself as such. In the at the onset, the first chapter, Shruti Sarun may come, and again in the twelfth chapter, a similar statement is made. But if we want to argue, if someone wants to argue against that idea and say that it is a Smriti a Purana, then we have the argument that uh, from Jiva Goswami that the Puranas fulfill and play out. That which is heard from the Shruti in a way that makes it more understandable, readily accessible, and therefore it should be given precedence. With regard to the different types of speech that I mentioned, that the different uh, these different texts are uh, representative of a father's speech, a friend's speech, a lover's speech, all three of them are found in the Bhagavatam. It speaks like a Shastra, like a Shruti, and says this should be done, that shouldn't be done in places. It speaks like a friend by way of telling many histories hmm, from which we to draw some import hmm, 
and not be so concerned about the details of the stories in, in, in a literal sense, but to take some meaning from them. They are, like, as I said, based on a true story, embellished and, uh, and whatnot, uh, for capturing our attention and so forth, and making the point. It's like if I tell a story in an effort to make a point, I may tell it differently and with different emphasis at different times, um, but as much as in doing so brings the point home, then uh, I've told a true story, something like that. And lastly, of course, it speaks like a lover, especially in the tenth uh, canto, where the descriptions of the uh, love, romantic leelas of Radha and Krishna are, are um, found, which constitutes the zenith of the text. Um, so, uh, here is, uh, are the questions of Brahma that give rise to Krishna's answers. There are four answers, and they're prefaced by two verses that uh, introduce and summarize what his answers will be in four verses. So there's kind of six that are put together, even though Chatushloki Chatur means four, the four that he speaks uh, are emphasized. But we haven't gotten to those four, or the two that preface that, the six. We're in the midst of uh, six other verses spoken by Brahma that give rise to them. And these questions coming in the context of Brahma's having an extraordinary uh, darshan. This is called antar darshan. Darshan means to see, hmm? but in this context it means more to be seen, to be seen by God. Hmm? That God shows himself, the idea is that that God, the Godhead cannot be seen unless he wants to be seen. If, if one wants to know God, if God wants one to know about himself, one, one will know. If not, then it's not possible. If the finite wants to understand the infinite, how will it be possible? Hmm? Of course, the answer is, out of its infinite capacity, if the infinite chooses to reveal itself to the finite, then that which would otherwise be appear mathematically impossible becomes possible. Hmm? So this is the idea of darshan. It means God showing himself. We come to the temple to have the darshan. We come to be seen, in a sense, and to see something. And as much as we understand the concept of darshan, to that extent, it could be argued, we will actually see more than what meets the naked eye, more than what meets the eye and the mind. And this antar darshan concept is um, significant in this regard because for example, in coming to the temple and seeing the deity, different people will see different things, which is, of course, the nature of subjective reality. <laughs> Everyone sees things a little bit differently, but here in a more pronounced way. The deity may speak to one, but everyone in the room may not hear. Hmm? He may dance or gesture, or maybe as may be the case. Hmm? That will be called antar darshan. This is a good thing, but as we discussed in brief, it is not considered to be the, 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 the most complete manifestation of revelation or darshan. I, I cited briefly the example of Gopal Kumar's spiritual journey that's described in the Brihat Bhagavatamrita, a beautiful book in which the cowherd Gopal Kumar hmm, meets a young um, Brahmin who received a mantra from his guru, but the guru did not have time to explain it and uh, passed out in ecstasy and 
uh, Gopal Kumar was left with the mantra and chanting it and having different effects, but not understanding the full implication of it. And uh, he got some directive through the mantra to go to Vrindavan. Hmm? And there in the Vrindavan he heard a crying in the forest. He went to search it out and he found this cowherd chanting and uh, crying in, in, uh, in feelings of separation from Krishna. And so um, a conversation ensued. The, uh, the cowherd, Gopal Kumar, befriended him and understanding his plight, thought that the best way to um, uh, tender to it hmm, would be to tell his own story. Hmm. And so he tells his own story. And how he received the mantra, and it took him to different places, different conceptions, and up on a ladder of, of, of if you will, of uh, spiritual possibility and ex- experience. So, in the context of that, he went to what called Tapaloka. Hmm? There the Kumaras reside, people lying on these type of rishis who are Gani Bhaktas. They do uh, bhakti, and, but their bhakti is tempered by knowledge of the godhood of the godhead. So it's a very reverential type of um, orientation to the godhead, and they are very much predisposed towards meditation. Shantarasa, hmm? sitting still, internal darshan, and so forth. So, when Gopal Kumar was there, they couldn't understand why it, he was satisfied, but at times showed some discontent. Hmm? He wanted to go to Jagannath Puri and see the deity of Jagannath, and so. And they said to him, well, "Why should you go there? Just do samadhi." And they touched him, hmm? and he went into samadhi. And the Bhagwan is there; he's everywhere. They began to philosophize, as the Gyani will do. Hmm? God is everywhere; no need to go anywhere. <laughs> and he's within; he's without. He's more within than without, and so on and so forth. And and so the uh, Gopu Kumar had this in- internal darshan. Hmm? Of course, he's having it, and still he finds some discontent because the mantra he got uh, um, from his guru uh, afforded him the opportunity for another uh, destination, and a more arguably, a more complete. And this is this is relative, but uh, and nonetheless a more complete. Of uh, experience, we can measure with the yardstick of objectivity as to the more completeness of it. He went uh, from there to Brahmalok and Brahmalok to beyond uh, the uh, uh, Brahman and Baikuntha and so forth. And and the argument, just to play that out, is that the external darshan hmm, is more complete than the internal darshan. Hmm? That Bhagwan appearing before you, and uh, in a way, uh, um, the example is given of Prahlad. Prahlad is absorbed in internal darshan, but then he got the opportunity for external darshan, and it excelled his internal darshan. The example is given of the Kumaras who saw the Lord in Vaikuntha and then closed their eyes. And he thought, well, because they wanted to meditate internally, because they started to look at his feet, but they could only see his feet. And then they had to go up to see his head, but they closed out they could see the whole form, something like that. <laughs> but Sanatana Prabhu argues in his in his text, no, this is not what's happening. Hmm? But this closing of the eyes is a kind of um, um, like Sanchari Bhav, hmm? 
It augments their their internal reality and so forth, a type of bhava that causes them to close their eyes. So at any rate, there's an argument for the superiority of this external uh, darshan, which is super internal, I suppose you could say. Um, and uh, and but uh, in the context of making this point, I, I said that he had a mantra, the Gopakumar, that gave him inarguably a more comprehensive transcendental experience, but that's only from an objective point of view. The subjective reality is each one's experience um, of perfection is complete in itself, and they don't desire any other. It's as if Bhagwan has many desires, and so, therefore, there are different sentiments that awaken in different devotees for his pleasure, and, and, uh, and they're satisfied with that, and that's how he would like to reciprocate with them. So it's all perfect. Um, nonetheless, a distinction between the internal darshan and the external darshan, this of Brahma is the external darshan. He will get the, in, the excuse me, it's the internal darshan. He will get external darshan too hmm? in the Brahma Mohan Leela. And there's a reference here in these uh, questions uh, of Brahma uh, in, uh, indirectly to the, this Brahma Vimohan Lila, which is very also central to the text. It is the narrative within the text that plays out the philosophical point, Krishna's two Bhagavan Sayam, that Krishna is the fountainhead of all manifestations of divinity. So an argument is made for this in Bhagavatam, and in the narrative of the Brahma Vimohan Lila, this is demonstrated. Hmm? So there's a, as we'll see when we get to it here, a reference to that. Uh, but here, Brahma has had the internal darshan. He's in the midst of that, and he's speaking with Bhagwan, and Bhagwan has just shown himself in Gopavesh, in the dress of a Gopa. Originally, he appeared with four arms, hmm? arguably Narayan or Dwarakesh Krishna. Different associates are mentioned who are players in Bhikuntha as well as in Dwarka. So it could be argued in either way. Or Lakshmi is mentioned. So perhaps a stronger argument for. Narayan and Vaikuntam, but we made a uh, uh, in his first his first uh, two uh, uh, inquiries first a glorification of Bhagavan, then a request, uh, which we discussed. It became clear that uh, he at this point was having the darshan of Sri Krishna. Hmm? So, the two armed form of Krishna manifests dressed as a Gopa, and he's art. He's wants to understand that. Hmm? It's been described as a form that is not material but appears material while it's super transcendental. Oh, how do I, how will I understand that? Brahma's asking. So this is a question that is within the category, broader category of Sambandha. As I said, these, this, these four uh, responses of Krishna they are responses that cover these three areas that the sacred texts are said to be um, divided into. Texts about Sambandha, texts about Abhideya, texts about Prayojan. Sambandha means texts that give us a conceptual orientation, how things fit together. Hmm? What is the relationship between ourselves and the world, the world and the Godhead, ourselves and the Godhead, uh, uh, basically, the Godhead, his form and his shaktis. Hmm? Abhideya then means the means or the action that follows out of that conceptual orientation, that is bhakti. 
And prayojan means the fruit, prem, love of God. So texts about sambandha, texts about abhideya, texts about prayojan. For example, in Gaudiya, Sampradaya in our lineage, we have texts like Brihat Bhagavatamrita about Sambandha. Hmm? The conceptual orientation to the world of spiritual possibilities and so forth. We have texts about Abhidei like Rupa Goswami's Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. We have texts about Prayojan Tattva like Raghunathas Goswami's Vilap Kusumanjali. Bhakti hmm? um, Thakur wrote a book uh, that he writes in the book was inspired directly by an antarashan, internal darshan of Surup Damodar Goswami. It's called Bhagavat Arka Marichinimala. Arka Marichinimala means uh, a thousand uh, rays of the sun of the Bhagavatam. He took a thousand verses of the Bhagavatam and uh, categorized them. There's 18,000 verses of the Bhagavatam. He took a thousand. These are whatever it is, 333 about Sambandha, uh, another third about Abhide, another third about Prayojan. Pujapad Bhakti Raksikshidadeva Goswami Maharaj told us that once he had an idea to condense that further, I don't know, into 108 verses or something like that, uh, or a couple hundred or something like that, but he never did get to it, perhaps implying that could be done. <laughs> Someone might want to take that uh, that service. Hmm. So, uh, as the answers of Krishna cover this groundwork, hmm, and this was this is that it does is also pointed out in Chaitanya Charitamrita, where these four verses that are coming up, the Chaturshloki appear twice: once in Adi Lila, once in Madhi Lila. In Adi Lila, in the context of explaining the concept of Antar Darshan. Hmm? with regard to Guru Tattva. That means to say how the Guru is a manifestation of the Bhagavan within the heart, an external manifestation. Hmm? And how God in the heart, therefore, is the Adi Guru. Krishna is the original Guru. And the many numerous manifest- external manifestations of Guru are just that. And we call them Vyasti Guru as opposed to the Samasti Guru. Samasti would be like the macrocosmic uh, guru, akanda, guru tattva, gaura nityananda. And then many representations of that externally in the world in the form of sadhus and so forth. So that God speaks to the jiva from within as the guru is evidenced from this um, chatushlok. Krishna speaking to Brahma, Brahma like the original person as he's thought to be. There's no one else to to reveal to him. He's the beginning of the lineage, so Krishna's revealing within the heart. As it's done there, the same idea is carried out through the succession of of, uh, gurus and disciples and so forth. And that external guru, he wants to say, is a manifestation of the internal guru. Hmm? So there, as I mentioned where these four verses are found, uh, Krishna's Kaviraj does not play out their significance, their meaning, other than uh, citing them as an example of the guru within is Krishna and he speaks, enlightens the disciple. Hmm? 
It's not that our situation, incidentally, is different from Brahma's, except that um, it's a little easier for Brahma to pay attention. I mean, he was able to do tapasya for 10,000 years, it said, focused on the two sounds, tapa, that was his sacrifice. So if you could do that, you don't need a guru. <laughs> Krishna will appear in your heart and speak these verses and more. <laughs> But Jiva uh, Goswami makes the argument in Bhakti Sundar, but he doesn't use this example, but basic argument, most people aren't like that. Hmm? So while if you want to argue, you know, you don't need a guru, we can go with it. Right. Uh, right. If you're like this. <laughs> if you're like Brahma. <laughs> Otherwise, it would be helpful. And we can use all the help we can get on such a great, uh, uh, courageous journey. Hmm? Spiritual pursuit, an ego effacement, takes some some strength for this, and uh, so, uh, <clears throat> so the guru outside, if you will, in effect, speaks louder than the guru inside. Sometimes we might liken that inner guru to our conscience, which you know, uh, do they say? Is they're saying conscience? Follow your conscience, something like that. Not so easy to do. You may know what's the right thing to do, but you may uh, do something else, if not most of the time. Hmm? Deviated by the mind, by the intelligence, uh, senses are somewhat wedded to sense objects, and mind has become an accomplice in that. Hmm? Intelligence in the background uh, may say, oh, it's not, yes, it's not good for you, but... Hmm? But anyway, you, 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 by the force of mind and senses, we do it regardless. So, And the more we do that, the harder it is to listen. If someone's trying to talk to you and you ignore them, then they just become silent after a while. Hmm? So from time immemorial, the jiva's ig- ig- ignoring the inner voice, so to speak, uh, and listening to the, the call of the wild, hmm? and uh, he or she is, uh, is wild and needs taming. So... It is the mercy of this of, of the Krishna within that he manifests without in the form of the guru who's more difficult to ignore. Speaks more loudly, asks if we understand, tests our understanding, and so it canvases for to help us corner us, so to speak, with good example and theoretical knowledge and so forth. So this is a great mercy. Therefore, the Guru is called the, the Kripa Shakti. Hmm? Very, the Shakti of Bhagawan that constitutes the, the full measure of his, his mercy. Hmm? So, given the point that Krishna's Kavira seeks to make in the first uh, chapter of Chaitanya Charitamrita, wherein he begins, Vande Gurun. I offer my respects to a plurality of gurus. He wants to explain Guru Tattva, so he's explaining, Guru is one, Guru is Krishna, but he appears in innumerable forms out of his mercy to enlighten us, and and different forms for different persons, and uh, kind of a custom fit is, uh, is uh, what the many forms, just like in the shop, you, you know, when they're... Somebody opens a shop to sell something and it works, so someone else puts a shop up with it and you can find on the same block, here are all the shoe stores, and here are all the coat stores, and, and so forth. Here are all the cars are sold, and so forth. And so. 
So, uh, then later in Chaitanya Charitamrita, in the Madhya towards the end of the Madhya the narrative of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's encounters with Prakasananda Saraswati is uh, elaborated upon in Banaris. It's also mentioned earlier on in the eighth cha- seventh chapter hmm, of the Adi Leela, and I discussed some reasoning as to why, but at any rate, that aside, later in the Madhya Leela, when this Leela is explained, this, these four verses of Srimad Bhagavatam are cited by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as the essence of the Bhagavatam to Prakasananda Saraswati. And the argument is made there largely using the verses. Uh, these verses cover Sambandha, Abhideya, and Prayojan. As soon as you start talking Sambandha, Abhideya, and Prayojan, Advaita Vedanta has no, no standing. If the scripture, the sacred texts, are about these three subjects, there's, there, there is no Sambandha, for example, in the Vedanta, there's no, there are no, there's nothing to be connected with anything else. Hmm? First, in the Dvaita Vedanta, in the strict sense of the term, there's nothing, there is no thing, there is no world. Hmm? Jagan Mitya, Brahman Satya, Bra- what is it? Bra- Brahma Satya, Jagan Mitya, Brahma is real, the world is false. Hmm? It's a denial of the external world. That's a hard pill to swallow for those who are experiencing it. Uh, but uh, there's no he, 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 by philosophy, whatever he does away with that, hmm? and ultimately in the Paramartha, the supreme ultimate reality, there is no other. There's no thing. There's no. There's nothing to say, nothing to do. There's 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 no connection between. So there's some bandha, hmm? and his course theory is that the world is some kind of transformation or superimposition of Brahman. Uh, what is it called? Vivartavad. Hmm? Of course, in, in Gaudi Sampradaya, we come to that tonight, actually. It's, it's another another term. Shaktapurinam. Hmm? Uh, so, because Bhagwan has shaktis and how they relate to one another, hmm? if, you, if you look at it from this point of view, Advaita goes out the door. So he's arguing that the great Advaitan who's actually already been converted at that time and wants to hear Mahaprabhu's opinion about uh, Shastra and so forth, what its import is. And so he goes to write to these verses of the Bhagavatam and explains this one is about Samanda, Abhideya, and Prayojan. But that explanation is all largely in a very presented in a very general way in relation to crushing the uh, the kind of Advaitan um, idea of that uh, Prakasananda previously entertained. Hmm? Or let's say, putting it in perspective, uh, giving another way to look at it, which is arguably more compelling. And Prakashananda did um, bail out of it, so to speak, and came to embrace what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, understanding of the sacred text was. So, um, a little more we find there, uh, in-depth explanation of these verses. But it's, again, it's significant that they're found in the first chapter as well there to make his simple point about God as the original guru. He speaks from within. He cites these four verses right at the beginning of the book. Um, one might read them and then go look them up in the Bhagavatam and find out the whole uh, essence of Chaitanya Charitamrita is there, in a sense, in as much as Chaitanya Charitamrita is the distilled essence of the Bhagavatam, and these are the essence of Srimad Bhagavatam. So that's where we are, anyway. Uh, so much for introductions to tonight's verses, but um, going to the verses themselves, these are now 
who recite the, the third and the fourth verse of Brahma. There are six verses, one in which he glorifies Bhagawan, three in which four in which he asks pertinent questions that the four verses of the Chatur Shlok respond to hmm, in order, hmm, and one at the end in which he uh, asks for a benediction. So, as I said, this is the way of prayers. Hmm? First, if you want to do vandanam, it's a form of bhakti, to offer prayers, the system is said to be, first you glorify Bhagavan. Oh, Bhagavan, you are great. Then, some reiteration iteration, uh, of one's own position. And I'm very small. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and then some request. So Brahma's made a glorification of Bhagavan hmm? and um, uh, in the context of his verses he, he makes clear that he's small hmm? and he makes a request also. He asks various philosophical questions and then he asks a personal request. And uh, so we're now in the third and fourth the second was the beginning of his philosophical questions about the nature of the form of Bhagawan that he was experiencing. Now he asks about his shaktis, how they interact, and in the, in the, in the context of that, he asks about Leela. So we find some inquiries that give rise to uh, answers that constitute sambandha, Answers re- regarding the nature of the form of Bhagawan and his shaktis, hmm? and about prayojan, about uh, lilamai, premamai, hmm? the uh, the other world, if you will, the world of, 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 of Bhagawan's lila. After that, will come a question about abhideya, and then read the request of Brahma. So he says here, Tatma Maya Jogena. Nana Shaktiya Shakti Upabrimhitam Vilupan Vistrajan Grinam Bibrad Atmanam Atmana Kridas Kridasi Amoga Sankalpa Kurnabir Yatornute Tatad Vishayam Tehi Manisham Mai Madhava. So he addresses Bhagwan as Madhava. Hmm. Here, this is a nice name, of course, in the name Madhava, which is the name for Krishna, Radha is also present. Hmm. Mad, Ma indicates uh, Radha uh, and, uh, and Krishna. He was the husband of Lakshmi, the protector, maintainer of, of Lakshmi. Uh, it's a uh, a sweet name for Krishna hmm? and it's significant that in the name uh, by which he addresses um, Bhagawan the Bhagawan and his Shakti as I say are contained because he's asking now about his Shaktis he asked about the form now he's asking about his Shaktis uh, he says Yathatma Maya Yogena Hmm? By your own Maya, hmm? Atma Maya Yogena, Atma Maya, 
by the yoga of your Atmamaya. Atmamaya means your own potency. It means your own Shakti. It means the Shakti is not independent of Bhagavan. And he has innumerable Shaktis, of course. And they're not uh, independent. At the same time, they're not entirely one hmm, with Bhagavan. Otherwise, um, how can we talk about them as different? Like you might talk about heat and light, and you might talk about fire. Well, there's no meaning to heat and light without fire, in a, in a, in a sense. Hmm? Um, but uh, nonetheless, you can talk about them differently. And uh, um, and so the heat and light in this analogy would be the energy of fire, and fire is the energetic. So the energy and energetic. Hmm? So he wants to know, he says, please, oh, Madhava uh, and you who are um, hmm, sankalpa, whose every wish is is automatically fulfilled, hmm? Kridas, kridasi, uh, who who plays sankalpa, amoga, whose kridasi amoga means uh, spotless, pure play, hmm? um, in which sankalpa, you, you are every desire is fulfilled. This is, of course, a reference to the prayogen, the nature of Leela, and so forth. You who are such, hmm, who, like a sp- spider, spins a web, hmm, and the web surrounds you, but you're independent of it at the same time. It comes from you, and you can wind it up, and so forth. You, by the power of your web, or that which extends from you, your shaktis, hmm, you, uh, like a spider, hmm? uh, I would like to know about these uh, activities of yours under the influence of your shakti, which is not dependent upon you, in terms of how they, they manifest the world, sustain the world, and cause the world to wind up again like a spider's web. I guess the spider can spin it out and wind it back up, right? Back with back within himself. So he says, Vilupan Bistrijan Grinan Bibrad. So you you Srijati Bistrijan, you you make a special manifestation of the world. It's not really a creation. There's no real creation in in Vedanta, but the world becomes manifest. It's brought, it's maintained by, and it's wound up again. So, an example of a spider, just to give us some type of way, way of, of, of thinking about it. How you do this by your shaktis? Hmm? This is fascinating to me. I want to know. And because uh, he, he he speaks about it, Atma Maya Yogena. This is a reference to the. Um, the Maya of Bhagawan that has two sides, like electrical energy can heat or cool. Hmm? So it manifests the material world, it maintains it, and by a Shakti it's again withdrawn, 
And this go happens again and again, boot for boot for paliate, with a time from a time with no beginning, and no end to that. And that's not something you can think about too effectively and wrap your head around. But uh, the, these ideas, of course, are meant to take us beyond thinking. We think too much. We're not enough. One of the two. <laughs> that's the problem. So, so uh, at least this is with regard to. Uh, we have to think quite a bit about this, and that will help us to uh, realize the limits of thinking, I, I, I suppose, and, and and take a break from that. Once Prabhupada was asked about the chanting of Hare Krishna Mahamantra and, and, and his disciples, what should I think about? And Prabhupada said, oh, it's, it is a rest from thinking. <laughs> you can stop thinking while chanting. It'll be, take a rest. And it, it is a quite a marathon. <laughs> uh, the, the workings of the mind and the actions, subsequent actions that follow its madness. Hmm? So, at any rate, the world manifests, it becomes unmanifest, and uh, it, it, it endures for sometimes, it becomes un- unmanifest. This has no beginning, this has no end. And on the other side, this maya, hmm, it, this is a reference to the maya, mahamaya, or the, 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 the uh, material nature, and the jiva. The combination of these two make up the world. And on the other side, there's another world. Hmm? And that is under the influence of this Rup Shakti. So we have a kind of an external energy, material world, an internal energy governing the spiritual world of Leela. And then we have the Jiva, who's in between. Hmm? These are three principal Shaktis of Bhagawan. They're all one with him and different from him. But the Maya Shakti is more different than one with him. And conversely, the Srupa Shakti is more one with him than different, and the jivas uh, somewhere in between. Hmm? He's actually more one than different too, but less so than than, this, than the Srupa Shakti, being of the nature of consciousness. Hmm? Maya Shakti kind of like the shadow or the subconscious of the Absolute. Hmm? So, here, there's a reference. This is, the point is here. He's he's asking about the spiritual and material world. Yoga Maya works in both ways, to, to cool and to heat. And the terms, uh, uh, what are they here? Mistrijan, Bibhrad, Milumpan, the maintain, the maintenance, the 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 manifestation, and the withdrawal. How does this relate then to Leela? Sometimes Krishna shows himself in the Leela, sometimes he maintains that presence, and sometimes he withdraws and disappears and causes separation. So both realms, if you will, are being asked about, spoken about. But uh, And in the context of the, the, the latter, the spiritual world, some question about the nature of Leela and so forth. So this is a question that gives rise to an answer about Prayojan, the nature of love of God, the nature of Prem, which will come in the Chatur Slok. And other way, otherwise, with regard to just the nature of the shaktis, hmm, he's asking a question that constitutes sambandha and will give rise, as the first inquiry of his did about the form of Bhagavan, to a comprehensive answer about the nature of the shaktis um, and how they interact. This is the, a very basic, um, this interaction is the very basic idea of the beta-beda, achinta beta-beda, I should say. 
Bed, abed, bed means difference, abed means non-difference, achinta means inconceivable. So there's an inconceivable, in, interpenetrable oneness and difference between God and his shaktis. Hmm? Uh, and this idea is kind of a metaphysical canvas that if you study it carefully, you realize, oh, there must be Leela. There must be such a, a concept as Leela, divine play, and Prem. Hmm? On a canvas of Advaita Vedanta, for example, in contrast, there's no, there's no place for that. It doesn't arise. Hmm? So if you want to understand Leela, you have to understand Beda Bed. Otherwise, the descriptions of the Leela are efforts to explain an experience that transcends the ability to explain them. The stories are told in different ways and different times. They're trying to bring out the bhava that, that governs them, the, 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 the surup shakti. Hmm? Uh, and, uh, and, and they need not be in every respect taken literally, but that they are a little rea- literal reality. Hmm? This is important. And that arises out of understanding the chintu beta beta. In other words, this, they're spoken about hmm, that reality slightly differently by different acharyas at different times to try to bring us into the nature of the experience. Hmm? But as long as we're grounded in this achintya beta beta, then any in- interpretive or less than literal explanation of the leela doesn't do away with the leela. Do you follow me? Leela is a necessity of Achintya Beta Beta. It's not a necessity of Advaita Vedanta. If from an Advaitin point of view, I look at the Leelas as allegorical and so forth, then they have no ontological position themselves. They're stories that make some point, and, that, and that's all. But the points they're making are that there's an ontological reality of the personality of Godhead in the realm of Leela and Prem and so on and so forth. So, Achintibeta Bed, it's a very uh, interesting idea, well supported from the Bhagavatam, the seventh chapter of the Bhagavatam, where Vyasa goes into a trance, and and then it's related by Sutta Goswami what he experienced. That experience gave rise to the writing of the Bhagavatam in, 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 in the form that we have it. And there we find this Achintibeta Bed. How do we find it? We find that Vyasa saw Bhagavan with his sarup shakti at a distance. He saw the maya shakti and he saw the jeev shakti under the influence of maya shakti and he saw the remedial measure for the, uh, the, the problem that the jeeva's interaction with the maya shakti constitutes in the form of bhakti, all these things. He didn't see nothing. <laughs> uh, he, he saw uh, uh, Bhagawan and his shaktis interacting hmm? it, it means something like this if you if from from well from a from a shruti point of view if you want to go to the upanishads this uh doctrine of the godias metaphysical doctrine hinges on this term uh this phrase parasya shakti that brahman has shaktis hmm? logically it's something like this being exists that's a tautology, tautology, but but nonetheless, it's what can you say? 
being exists. It sounds like, well, being exists. Existence is being, being is, is existence. Being exists. It ha- being has a power by which it exists and expresses itself. Hmm? This is very subtle, but if you play it out, a very prominent at the same time. Difference. Hmm? The energetic and the energy. It makes for an absolute that's static and dynamic at the same time, rather than only uh, static. Static means that it's still. Hmm? Uh, it, it, in, in the stillness implies peace, because there are many moving parts of the material world, <laughs> and it's like musical chairs move, and one, one day you're out. Uh, and so uh, all the movement of the world is the is problematic the coming and going of the names and forms that we attach ourselves to which are here today and gone tomorrow and so forth this is problematic so the dynamism if you will of the world which is false because it always just ends in death and rebirth and and continued ignorance and so forth but there's a there's a an appearance of diff, of dynamism and movement that you don't want to move away from in the pursuit of the stillness hmm there seems to be something going on, something out there. Still, you know, check the news that something might be happening that's more important than, than my spiritual practice, something like that. Hmm. It's said that in the beginning, the monk sometimes asks, the monastic asks, what is, my, the, what is the meaning of my life in relation to the world? Hmm. What is it? What? How do I make sense out of my life in the monastery in relation to the world? I'm, I'm away from the world and all this is going on here. And But in time he thinks, what is the meaning of the world, the value of the world in relation to my life? It's, it's movement, but it's, 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 it's a ghost chasing, something like that. Wild uh, goose chasing. There's a fantasy, there's a prospect, there's a carrot, but there's never any full meal. So to move away from that appearance of dynamism to a static quietude, peace, stability, I am, I exist, and I'm happy because I don't have to run around and chase after things. I'm content, fulfilled. There's, 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 a, there's a bliss in that. This is... Um, uh, it takes some coaxing to move away from the world to come to that. But the coaxing to come to that, arguably, will be um, enhanced if we can speak about movement on the other side as well. Hmm? And so such is the nature of, of Leela. And such is the nature of a Chinta Beta Beta, where the Absolute is static and dynamic. And the static nature of the Absolute gives rise to its dynamism. In other words, its fullness that makes it still Brahman and complete with no necessity to do anything hmm? causes it to do something. What is that something? To celebrate its fullness. To just go, Haribo. You know, in exalt. Just to say you're completely full and completely satisfied and you just got to tell everybody about it or just say it. Hmm? Uh, Yahoo! <laughs> Something like that. So, this is the idea of Lila. 
It's a big yahoo hmm, on the part of Brahman, celebrating its fullness, and so there's movement. Hmm. The movement is is very extraordinary because, it, it, as I say, Brahman is everywhere. How can it move? Hmm. So it's 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 moving um, by way of the shaktis. Hmm. There's movement by way of the shakti. Arguably, also the idea here is that by understanding the, the energetic of the energy, you understand the energy that much better. If you say, "I know Swami; he's a writer, hmm? an author," uh, you know you're talking about what Swami does, hmm? and you arguably know something about him that somebody just knows. Oh, that's Swami. What does he do? I don't know. So to know about his energy by which he accomplishes things, a person, then. Arguably, we, we, we know them better. Ultimately, the idea here comes to knowing Radha means knowing Krishna. Hmm? Therefore, this, this Achinti Beta Beta is very nicely played out in a very esoteric verse of Chaitanya Charitamrita. Radha Krishna Pranay Vikutiladini Shakti Rasma De Katmanova Pibhupura Deham Vedokatoto Chaitanya Kyam Prakatam Adunatadayam Chaikyamaptam Radha Bhava Duti Suvalitam nomi Krishna surupam. Very nice verse. This verse speaking about the internal reasons for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's manifestation. Krishna's Kaviraj offers it as kind of a philosophical stepping stone hmm, into those reasons that are played out um, in the following verse. Achintibeta, hmm. uh, Radha, Krishna is one, he becomes two as Radha. The two become one as as Chaitanya, through the oneness of Radha and Krishna, the oneness and difference of them. Hmm? Beautifully played out there. So, ultimately it comes to this. And as so, as Brahma is asking about the various shaktis, the beginning is, well, Brahma's concerned with the world. He has the task of creating hmm? some form of creating or manifesting a secondary kind of um, manifestation of the world, giving shape to the basic... Um, taking the basic elements that have been manifest by Vishnu, like the spider, hmm, and then organizing them. So he's kind of a manager. Hmm? Um, got four heads for that task, uh, busy uh, organizing. And he, he is going to ask here for the energy to do that and be engaged in that in such a way that he won't be distracted from what's really meaningful, which he alludes to here or speaks about um, in the second of these two verses, the the other world where Bhagavan is coming from, that now he's getting a darshan into, an experience of, hmm? the tip of the iceberg of that. Hmm? As the Leela plays out later in the tenth candidate, I say, he'll get the external darshan of, of, of the same Krishna. Hmm? And we'll, we'll come to that as these, uh, his, his, his questions uh, continue. Hmm? But first he wants to know about the external world. The Maya Shakti, the Jiva Shakti, how this all works. This is his field, so to speak. Hmm? In the in the terms of his being a Brahma, hmm? an, an administrator, a, a, a godly factor, if you will, a personified godly factor in, in the world scheme. Hmm? But he also wants to know about the other world. Hmm? Yeah. And so, ultimately, it's, it's an inquiry about Radha and Krishna. Hmm? About Radha means Bhakti Devi, means Ladini Shakti. 
Here he's concerned with the material world and its various shaktis. Well, we while we say these, there's three shaktis, they're innumerable. So sometimes it's talked about the, the eight, the sixteen, the thirty-two, dravya, kriya, jnana, jnana, all different types of shaktis. Hmm? Uh, in the context of, of the material manifestation and perfection, the, the, the lotus of Golok and the various shaktis, all manifestations of the pladini. Hmm? Um, uh, so he, he 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 wants to know about one, and and as we'll see here, by understanding how the material world works and playing his role in relation to that, as a service to Bhagwan, hmm, he will become acquainted with that which he is the- asking about theoretically here, and will be advised theoretically by Krishna, the spiritual world and the nature of the Swarup Shakti, and its influence on Bhagwan that causes Leela, and ultimately. We can argue is is causes the manifestation of Krishna. In other words, this, the, the, the Radha, being the fullest measure of of love, hmm, has a corresponding object that is Krishna. Krishna means the Godhead Brahman fully under the influence of his Swarup Shakti. This is a very extraordinary situation. Hmm. Brahman is not like that. Narayan is not like that. Hmm. This is Krishna. So a, a huge emphasis on the Shakti side. That's why Sridhar Maharaj used to say, in Bengal, there are these two sides of the Shaktas and the Bhaktas. So the Shaktas, they worship the power, hmm? and the Bhaktas, they worship the powerful. But the Shaktas, they worship the power in the form of the material nature, Devi, Durga. Hmm? And often with a regard, with, with, with the, in the interest of, of, of material acquisition or Emancipation hmm? from the shackles of of the mind and uh, and birth and death and so forth. And the bhaktas they worship Bhagwan, but he said, but actually, we are not bhaktas. We are super shaktas because we worship Radha. Hmm? Durga is a is another name for Radha according to the tantra. Durga means two things. Durga, ga means to go to, and dur means difficult. Difficult. Uh, to go from difficult to go from, therefore Durga is like sometimes it started as the prison, how presiding over the prison, the material world, difficult to go from, but also means difficult to go to. Hmm? In this context, it means Radha, difficult to go. Hmm? Oh, how much self-sacrificing you have to um, em- embrace to get that close. Uh, to Bhagwan and to come under the influence of, of Radhika in this Srup Shakti that is, that is that in whose hands Krishna is a plaything. Hmm? You have to understand, Jiva is overwhelmed by Maya. Hmm? It does not have the power in itself to dispel the influence of Maya, the shadow of Maya, even though it is a particle of light. It's like a firefly. It's got light, but don't expect it to put out the night. Hmm? That's not going to happen. But the sun, that's another thing. The sun will not only put out the night, but you won't even see the firefly. <laughs> the light of the light. So the jiva, when it becomes under the influence of the sarup shakti, maya shakti, the darkness, is immediately dispelled. Hmm? Its own light becomes merged in the, in the sunlight of the sarup shakti. Hmm? And it has such possibilities. Hmm? Therefore, Krishna akarshani. Actually, Krishna comes under the influence and becomes attracted by that 
that it was, it was called praying. So anyway, he wants to know about these things. As he wants to know about the material world and the interaction of the Shaktis of Bhagawan relative to his task, he's interested about that world that this inter- internal darshan has come from. There are his associates that were mentioned previously that he saw and so forth. And where he ultimately wants to, to go and uh, enter into it. So, uh, Prem is his ideal, and he has some worldliness in him as well. So, it's something you can relate to. Hmm? Brahma's example. <laughs> and how to work with both in such a way that you will be implicated in the world and your interaction with it will foster the Prem. This is what will come, among other things. So, he'll go from this, he'll ask about the means, the Abhideya. Are there any questions? Yes. Yeah. Avaranatmika prakshepatmika. That's described. It's something like like I put you behind bars and then I well, it's not a good example. Throwing means something like coming under the influence of Maya and then a covering. Or, you know, throwing means like coming under the influence of Maya. It has a power to cover you and then uh, 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 throwing. Throwing is <laughs> covering. Throwing means uh, coming uh, uh, under the influence of Maya and covering means within the context of that being further entangled. Hmm? In other words, it has a power to cover the jiva's knowledge of itself and then further to entangle it through various activities and so forth that uh, secures the covering, so to speak. Hmm? So when there's initial influence of maya, if you will, and a subsequent influence of maya. Hmm? And the subsequent influence of maya secures the initial Influence. This is the idea. Twofold, twofold kind of bewilderment of the jiva. That bhakti is effective, uh, very effective, in um, undoing. Hmm? Because why? You see, bhakti reveals the other side of the picture, and gives activities that entangle one there. Hmm? You follow? So there's the illumination of what is the nature of bhakti and bhagwan, and and then in the context of this, the bhakti itself engages one there, so there's no there's no there's no there's no coming out, so to speak. Hmm? So Maya has a similar kind of it has the power to bewilder, bhakti has the power to illuminate. And and in the context of a bewildering or covering, it has the power of Maya Shakti to kind of entangle one uh, that much more, and Bhakti on the other side has the power to engage one hmm? in 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 Leela and Prem and yeah. 
So it's very much a comprehensive solution. Therefore, the, there has to be more than removing the covering. Hmm? If you could remove the covering, hmm? um, the argument is still the, the still entanglement will continue will will will, will resurface hmm? and recover hmm? without bhakti. That's the position of the Jivan Mukta, without bhakti. Hmm? Without bhakti means who's adverse to bhakti. That person cannot give mukti, at least. At least they cannot be adverse to bhakti. If they're not adverse to bhakti, then there's some bhakti in the equation of their spiritual practice that will afford them an ends hmm? that may be less than bhakti, all that bhakti has to offer, but is nonetheless uh, a liberated status. Another question? What's the time? Eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Well, we've gone way over time. All right. Sri Gantara Srimad Bhagavatam Kija. Sri Krishna Balaram Kija. Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Kija. Gaur Premanande.